Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce Podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Lift up your hands to the Lord and just talk to him for a few minutes. Ask him to speak to you tonight in the short time that we are here together. Ask him to refresh you by his spirit. a blessing to be here with you and tonight as we just come aside we ask that you speak to us Visit with us tonight, Spirit of God. 
have your way with us. Help us to connect to you. And when we leave here, may we leave here better than when we came because we've been in your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Um, Ohima. Beautiful. Let me quickly give you three announcements I don't want to forget so that I, if I don't remember them at the end of the service, it's not a problem. Okay, so the first one is that there's a conference in March, 5th to 8th March, the Leaders and Loyalty Conference. It's coming up. Oh, it's a good place to clap. And it's happening at our Bantama Cathedral. And it's going to be a wonderful time. We have, as the speakers, we have um, Bishop Quiqua Ponsa coming all the way from Spain. And Bishop Patrick Bruce all the way from Kumasi. There's a third speaker, Bishop Fabian, our convener. Goodness gracious. Hallelujah. So from the 5th to the 8th of March, I mean, it's going to be a good time. And I just want, you see, it's the week after midterms when you're normally fooling around, you're not doing anything much for most subjects anyway. And so just plan it in there. We'll have a bus going from here every day. And you just want to say, I'll be a part of this. Amen. These three men are three gifts that minister in very different ways. And it's so interesting to be there and to really be part. Amen. And then on Saturday, the 9th of March, I am ministering at a conference in town in a church called Gracefields Chapel, along with, it's a women's program. I'm sorry, gentlemen, it's for the ladies. And there are four speakers in that program. So ladies, just make a plan. It would be nice to have a few of you there. Is that okay? And then the third one is our own program, the Art of Evangelism Conference. Amen. It comes off on the 18th to the 21st of May, uh, of March, and we are blessed to have with us Dr. Kojuk Bempa and Bishop Edwin Ogo and Bishop Freddie Norte, and I'll also be there. And I think that. It is our conference, and so we must do our best. Is that okay? Yeah. Hey, I said, is that okay? Yeah. And in the middle of this particular conference, a lot of surprises are inside. So you just, you just want to be there. Amen. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I also want to be there. And after your midterms, we're going to have a call for volunteers who will help us during the conference. So just make yourselves ready. Amen and amen. Powerful. Are you happy to be in church? Oh, are you happy to be in church? Now, let me just say that I notice over time that people are trying to make us an orthodox church. You know, there are different types of churches and people go to churches for different reasons. So if you're the kind of person who comes to church because you're looking for the atmosphere of silence, I'll suggest to you that you change church. Is it okay? Mm. Because this is a charismatic church. Uh, find the scripture for me. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind. Uh -huh. I just have to read it for you. Because uh -huh. when you come, you bring with you a cold wind. And then we spend the whole time staring at the congregation. I'm tired of it. So let me just tell you straight away. Uh -huh. Look at it. Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And I want to, that, I want to ask you, how, how do you show love without feeling? How, how do you do it? Would you believe it if a guy comes to you and says, and says to you, I love you, I want to marry you tomorrow. I mean, no feelings, no, no emotion, no nothing. He just stands there like some wawa bodby. 
What about if you're a guy and you're about to get, you want, you know, you've seen the lady you want to spend the rest of your time with, and then you propose to her, and then you say, will you marry me? She says, yes. Just like this. Will you believe her? Gentleman on the phone, put the phone in your pocket. Yeah. Now, it's a question I have to ask you, because some of us, we come to church, and the downness is a lot. You know? Your love is tired and it's cold. Uh, lady Pastor says it's like cold on brown. And, and even me as a human being, I don't like it, now God. I mean, somebody who's giving you his most precious thing and then you say that you are coming to worship him, then your worship cry is like somebody is forcing you. Uh, if you are talking to your neighbor, your neighbor is looking like Waba Botel, your neighbor, you are the one I'm talking to. Ah. <laughs> I don't care. You can move. What X are you sitting by? Move yourself. You don't bring yourself at all. Are you in the house? So when you come into the house of God, bring your whole self. And it includes your feelings. It includes your whole self. Are you there? You are too young to be so stiff and old. And I got to tell you the truth. I have to tell you the truth. Some of us, we grew up in the Orthodox Church like that. We grew up in a place where you can't laugh, you can't smile, you don't clap, you don't do anything. And then we got born again and we had to fight for it. We had to fight to show our emotions. We had to fight to bring our whole self into church. So me, Mumbi, I will fight you directly. If you're going to bring that thing that I paid the price for so long ago, you want to bring it into my church? Ah, why? Meanwhile, when you, when you are betting and the people that you are betting are winning, we should see you. Are you in the house? Are you understanding what I'm saying? And you see, the reason for the dumbness is that you are not engaging. When you engage, that, and you see, when you engage, your mind is also involved. You are standing, you are singing a song to God, to the Lord, and say, Jesus, bright as the morning star, Jesus, how can I tell you how beautiful you are? Hey, you are lying, you are lying. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, and become as a sounding brass, brass noise in heaven. Engage. Are you there? Um, please, me, I'm not used to it. None of us was born used to it. None of us was born worshipping God. We learnt it. Ah. We learnt it. You should see yourself when you're excited. And then you choose your, your boring self and you bring your boring self to church. I don't like I don't like I don't like. Please, I don't like. I didn't used to have much of this problem in the faith secret service. But I noticed it this semester. So let me kill it while it is young. <laughs> let me kill it while it's young. You have come. You are just there. Why? Are we having physics lectures? And especially when we are talking about the Holy Spirit. I got to tell you one thing about the Holy Spirit. One of the first things you notice about him is that he's a feeler. He's a feeler, yes. He's a feeler. That's why his presence always provokes a response. You are in your house, you are doing your own worship in your own place, and he comes around, you see that you are crying. You don't really have a reason. Yeah, he's just all right because he's the feeling guy. He's the feeling guy. He's the feeling part. Are you there? Mm. So, I don't, I don't like the coldness when I see it. it, it is this, and we have been talking about the Holy Spirit. This is our third week of the Holy Spirit. Are you in the house? Yeah. It's powerful. I believe the first time, my first week, we spoke about the Holy Spirit. I was talking to you about engaging with Him as a person. And talking to him, and I've had some very interesting 
um, testimonies that people have shared as they've spoken to him and he's actually answered. Uh, I think next week we should try and put the testimonies together, a few of them. Yeah, for you to see that is real. You who will open your mouth and talk to him, be certain. Be just certain. It's okay. Be certain. Hey? And but when I'm talking to him, I feel stupid. And so what? I mean, you are talking to a spirit, so there's nobody there. So obviously, you are going to feel silly for her. After a while, you get so used to it that it's not a problem. It's not. Who is there? Who is there at all? Hello? I feel very foolish. Now, when I catch you, I say, We are wise. Hey! Am I talking to some people tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. So we were talking, John chapter 16 and verse 13 is one of the scriptures. You know, I was going to try to take us through one characteristic of the Holy Spirit at a time, but I realized that we don't have enough weeks for that. And so because of that, tonight I'm putting several of them together and going through. But it's just to whet your appetite. Nobody can really teach you about the Holy Spirit. You have to experience him yourself. Amen? Amen. And it's like that with any person. Nobody can really talk to you about a person. We can only give you a few pointers, a little bit of... You have to experience the person yourself. Are, are you with me? And so it is also with the Holy Spirit. So we said that he's a person. And he says, how, how be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. He will guide you. And a living thing cannot guide you. Yeah, a thing cannot guide you. It's a he. Hallelujah. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak. Something that's speaking. It's not an animal. It's a personality. It's a person. Whatsoever he hears, are you there? That shall he speak and show you things to come. And you must get to the point where you recognize his voice as a familiar voice. That, ah, this voice that's speaking, I know this voice. Are you in the house? Yeah. If you talk to somebody often, even when you call and you are playing, you disguise your voice, the person will listen for a while and say, ah, it's you. <laughs> if the person really knows you, yeah, if the person, you will not succeed for long in disguising your voice. So also with the Holy Spirit, when you've flowed with him, spoken to me, told you, I said, ah, I think it's the Holy Spirit telling me this. You remember how the voice was. Are you in church? Yeah. I used to, and I still talk to the Holy Spirit, and I know that this is how he talks to me. And one day I was sitting in my office. I was a PhD student at the time. And I was racing to finish my work before the deadline. And in the middle of the day, it was around 2 p.m., then I heard a voice saying, shut down. Ah, it's 2 p.m. It's not time to shut down. I mean, please, man is hot. I have a lot to do. <laughs> and I need the day. So this is not the time when we should shut down. Are you in the house? This is not the time. I continued working for a few minutes. Shut down. I said, ah, I know this voice. This voice is the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's how he talks to me. So even though it didn't make sense, I mean, you are working. Who shuts down, shuts down the computer at 2 p.m.? I shut it down. Having shut it down, there was nothing to be doing. So I got up and went out into the corridor of the offices, and I just, you know, let me walk around a little and see whether what will happen. So I came out of my office and walked towards the, what was the reception area, and, or the secretary's office, I walked towards that area. And I was standing there when I heard shouting. You see, in Ghana, we shout. We shout when we're happy. We shout when we're sad. We shout when something's happening. We shout when nothing's happening. Uh -huh. But Obroni Ontisa, at least where I was, the one thing you notice is the quietness. They are very... <laughs> They're silent all the time. So it didn't make sense. They don't shout. Now, in the next few minutes, I found out what had happened. In those days, this was at the beginning of computers being so common everywhere. And so the entire university was networked. Are you there? That means nowadays they don't do it like that. Most of the time, the network is within a given um, 
departments. But in those days, the entire university was on the same network and the same set of servers. And just as people were in the middle of their day working, the entire network crashed. Every computer that was on, every file that was open, that was it. And I was about five months to the end of my PhD. If my computer had been on, I would have lost five years of work. <laughs> are you there? But my friend, the Holy Spirit, are you there? My friend, the Holy Spirit, he had said to me in the middle of the day, so even when it didn't make sense, said, this voice, I know it. May you know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And he talks to you all the time. The guy is proposing to you. The guy looks okay. He looks like a very godly guy. He seems to be very okay. And yet, you see, sometimes when you don't know it's the Holy Ghost, you say something is telling me. It's not something, somebody. He's telling me, no, 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 no. Sometimes it's not even because there's something wrong with the person. It's just that the person is not for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, when you have lived for some time, you will find people who just don't gel. They just don't gel. Yeah. There's nothing with the two nice people, but together, it's a bad deal. Yeah, it's a bad deal. Are you here? You know. So I'm just, that is why to me, this series is so, so, so important. Amen. You are here. You're going to start doing your midterms. You sit down. You open the book. Cramming, cramming, cramming. You don't know what is ahead of you. Some of you can't remember anything. Did you tell him about it? No, it's as, it, is, it is as simple as saying, Holy Spirit, it's not working. I need some help. I need to be able to remember. And sometimes you don't remember because he's trying to tell you that it's not here. Move on, move on, move on. This topic you are on, it's not it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then the last two weeks we spoke about the Holy Spirit as a wind. It's one of his attributes that he, he works like you know, a wind when he's coming. You see, because he's a spirit, he doesn't have a body. So he has ways of showing us that he, he's called by that because it's one of his attributes. Are you here? And I remember saying to you that just like how they say that Jesus is the lamb, are we following a sheep's baby here? I said, are we following a sheep's baby? No, but it's, it is a, an attribute, a characteristic of Jesus that's being described. The fact that even all the way to the uh, cross, he didn't fight. Are you here? He didn't fight. All the way to the cross. I have a dog in my house. He's definitely not. <laughs> you can have a fight. He will bite you. He will bite you. Oh, he will apologize for days after, but... He will bite you. I'm not doing it. I'm not. Oh, Pastor Dennis, I beg you to forgive him all. <laughs> but he's not Jesus. Why? It's Jesus who was alive. <laughs> he has that word. Oh, he has not bitten you yet. Everybody. Oh, everybody. Ah. You're trying to make him do what he has planned not to do. No way. No way. Are you there? But not so with Jesus. And so that attribute of him as a lamb, that's why we talk of him, the lamb of God, the lamb. Are you there? The same person is described as a lion. If he was really a lion, do you think that you and I will be here to talk about it? Lions, they can eat people when they're hungry. Have you seen him eating anything? No. But it's also an attribute. The day he walked into the temple and he just realized that they have made the temple like a market. His lion ways flashed small. Just a flash. Oh, he beat everybody, sacked them from the place and reorganized it. Am I talking to you? Do you get it? <laughs> now, in that same way, the Holy Spirit also has attributes that make him... He, he, you can compare him to something to help you to understand how he behaves. 
And one of those things is the attribute of moving like a wind. And we see this in the book of Acts chapter 2. And in verse 2, when the Holy Spirit was come. You see, let me tell you something. If he didn't have any of these attributes, eh, they would have sat in the upper room till they died. It was the Spirit. They had no way. They had no way of knowing that the Spirit. I mean, Jesus had told them all the way from Acts chapter 1 verse. They said, don't go anywhere don't go anywhere. I've left work for you to do. But don't go anywhere. Don't start the work until the Holy Spirit comes. Now we are there. We are waiting for the Spirit. Okay, let us wait for him. We are here. Let's wait. The service will not end. Assuming that he didn't have another way to show himself that I have come. Are you here? So in this particular instance, he decided that he was coming as the wind. And the Bible says that suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a might, rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Are you there? And then there was a second sign as well. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire. And they sat upon each of them. That's how they knew that he had come. He was announcing himself. Hallelujah. Are you with me in the house? And there are times that you are in a meeting and he comes in like that as a wind and suddenly he's there. Let's take a look. Genesis 41. I like the Old Testament because it describes a lot of things. Verse 21. Yeah. The whole story, you know, every time throughout Genesis when um, something <laughs> bad was going to happen and an east wind came. Look at it. Let me see verse 22. Oh, no. Let's go. I'm trying to look for the beginning of this story. This is the story where um, Joseph is seeing the, Pharaoh has seen the wind, I mean, has seen the good years and the bad years. Are you there? So let's, let's, go, to, let's go to 21 again. I think we can pick it from there. I'm trying not to read the whole story. Oh, 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Continue back. 1970. Okay. Pharaoh said to Joseph, so now he's telling him his dream. In my dream, I stood upon the bank of the river. And behold, there came out of the river seven kind, that's seven cows, fat, well-favored, and they fed in a meadow. Then seven other cows came up, poor and very ill-favored, and lean flesh, such as I've never seen in all the land of Egypt for badness. (laughs) And the lean and ill-favored cows ate the fat ones. <laughs> and when they had eaten them, it could not be known that they had eaten because they were still ill-favored <laughs> as at the beginning. So I awoke and I saw in my dream and behold, seven ears, that's ears of corn, came up in full stock, full and good. <coughs> and behold, seven ears withered, thin and blasted with the east wind. Have you seen it there? And throughout the Old Testament, whenever something says that an east wind has blown, all the time when in Pharaoh, the other Pharaoh who now was fighting with Joseph and the plagues were coming, the plagues were always brought by an east wind. Are you there? And you see, you may say, what is the meaning of that? What is the meaning of that? If I were you and I had a problem, I would call the east wind on it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Let it shrivel. Let it shrivel. Are you there? Let it wither. Because the east wind was always bringing problems. <laughs> Let's check Exodus 10, 16 to 19. Let me see what he's saying there. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. This was Pharaoh. Let me see 17, verse 17. Now I pray, forgive me my sin only. Verse 20. And the Lord turned a mighty strong west wind that took away the locusts. So, when the east wind brings the problem, then the west wind will carry it away. (laughs) Amen. But all these are manifestations of the power of God through his spirit, and we see him working as a wind. Are you with me? 
there is a story that Bishop Dag tells. It's a true story of a pastor who, in fact, he had grown up as a young boy in the house of a pastor. The pastor educated him. The pastor paid for his education, put him through school, put him through Bible school, paid for his marriage. I mean, put him on good footing. And when he was nice and comfortable, he did as many people do or some people do. Not only did he take the church, but you know, as they are taking the church with all the whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, man of God, what can you do? You see, the man had brought him up. He, he thought of him as his son and he had sent him to a country that earns proper money. So when the guy realized that the man is coming, he said, no, 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 Charlie, this place is my church. It's not for you. And he took it and everything and he said a whole lot of things. It was a very painful thing for his spiritual father. So, spiritual father called him for a meeting and there was a whole lot of something and there's nothing much you can do but the father said something you see you should be very careful when you annoy a father because there's a way in which his words come to pass are you there yeah especially in such circumstances so the father just said the wind is against you that's all that's what he said. The wind is against you. Are you here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few years passed. And our father met the man outside somewhere in his supermarket. The guy said, Charlie, everything scattered in front of him. Everything scattered. So those are the negatives. But the positives are also there. When the wind comes, as he came on the day of Pentecost, you see, when he came, he came and met people who were afraid. They were afraid because the things had, that had happened were not nice. Jesus had been beaten, had been killed. They had met him over 40 days, but they were meeting in just in rooms, in quiet places. It wasn't a very nice atmosphere. Then the Holy Spirit came. Right there, Peter started preaching. Right there power came. And you could see that as that wind of the spirit came, they didn't used to have an uh, altar call, then five people are standing. 5,000, 3,000, that's how they grew in those days. I'm talking to some placenta leaders who have just three people. I suggest to you that the next time you are going to have your meeting, you ask the Holy Spirit to assist you. They should help you. <laughs> Please send the wind to gather my people. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I, you see, I could talk each one of these attributes is a whole convention, so I'm struggling to shorten it for you. But I just want you to have a taste of each one because I don't know how the Lord is going to send his spirit to talk to you. Amen? So I just want to give you the overview of it all. This is what we would have spent week after week talking about. The second attribute of the Holy Spirit or the way that he, to relate to him is as a dove. How do you relate to a dove? A dove is a bird. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. Each one I'll try to give you one scripture, okay? Matthew 3, 16. Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water and the heavens were opened. Do you remember the scripture? Up unto him. Hey, only your pastor knows the scripture. (laughs) He saw the spirit of God. That's the Holy Spirit. The spirit of God descending like a dove. Now, what is it about a dove? A dove is very gentle. It's one of the most gentle birds. In fact, when Noah was trying to test whether the earth was um, getting dry, he sent a dove. The dove returned. And it was a sign to him that conditions are not okay. Yeah, it's not okay. Because if you send a raven, a raven eats rotten things. So it will stay. But a dove, it's a gentle bed. And there's a way in which the Holy Spirit comes and he's gentle. That is why when he has arrived and there's a ministration going on or something is going on, that's why you don't disturb. Mm? You may be having your uh, time with God, your quiet time, and you just realize that there's a presence. Are you there? Yeah. Hey. About, just, just, just sit there. Just, just there. When, yeah. Because... What does a dove do? If a dove comes to settle here, it might be here and I'm here. But if I do a sudden movement, he will go. Yeah, he will go. And it happens many times in gatherings that he has arrived and he appears in his quiet form and then because of somebody not realizing that, you see, you behave and I say, hey, please, it's okay. 
<laughs> and the anointing lifts. I, am I talking to you tonight? Yeah. So when you come into a spirit, especially when something is going on, and you never know when he's coming, you just sense it. You just, you just realize that, hey, the, the chair has changed. We don't understand why it has changed, but just relax. Tell your neighbor, relax. Just relax and allow him to do what he will do. Hallelujah. And that's why that's an attribute like a dove. Easy, easy to fly away. Now, the third way in which the Holy Spirit comes to you is as a mantle. As a mantle. As a mantle. What is a mantle? It's a mantle. <laughs> a mantle can be anything. There's a very nice example, First Kings 19, 19. You remember, you remember it because of the 1919. You see. <laughs> Elijah was getting to the end of his ministry and he was putting things in order. And then in verse 19, it says, He departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve oxen, yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the twelve. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle. That was his coat. He just put it on him. Some of you start asking, eh, eh, Hello, you have, you have left your coat. <laughs> they say, What is that? I'm trying to finish plowing my field, and you have, you have brought your coat. You are disturbing me. Come, come for your coat. What is that? <laughs> Look, I cannot wash it at this time, man of God. I can't wash it right now. <laughs> Some others would have said, Oh, sir, you have left your coat. Please, you have, what is the meaning? What were you trying to say? You see? <laughs> Tell them, please, that's why we are talking about it today. <laughs> because immediately, Elisha understood. He understood immediately. He said, please, I beg you, allow me to just say goodbye. I'm coming. Now let's look at it again in 2 Kings chapter 2 from verse 13. By 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 13, Elijah has gone. And as he was going down, that same mantle, it fell down. He didn't go with it. Because most people, when they're going, they don't go with the anointing. And he took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. Oh, and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. 14. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had smitten the waters, it parted and Elijah went over. Now what had happened? They had been walking together and he had told, Elijah had finally asked him, What do you want? He said, I want a double portion of your anointing. Now Elijah tells him, If you see me going, you'll get it. So he saw him going, and the mantle falls. Now, when they were coming, they had crossed the river, and they didn't use a boat. Elijah had just hit the water, and they crossed. So now, Elisha finds himself standing there. He's now on the wrong side of the Jordan. He wants to go back home. <laughs> and the only way to go back home is across that Jordan. <laughs> Some of us would have said, look at this man. Look at where he has come and left me. <laughs> I mean, why? 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 Why are these men of God like that? Why, you know where I live. You have come to leave me at this place. Can no there's none. <laughs> but he understood that in a mantle. That's why you shouldn't joke with the mantles of of people. Something that comes from the the person of an anointed person. Don't joke with it at all. Don't joke with it at all. Are you there? And he picked it up and he went to the, to the river. You see? He had no way of knowing whether he had received the double portion or not. But he picked the mantle. He did what his father had done. The thing opened and he passed. Clearly, there was power in it. Clearly. Hey. The church has become quiet on me. Yeah. A mantle. It is one of the ways of transferring a spirit. You see. So when you are transferring the anointing, it's one of the ways. Let me very quickly tell you that 
Spirits work in the same way, whether they are good spirits or bad. So you go around wearing people's clothing. I have not called your name. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Are you there? Now, a mantle is something that comes upon you and it brings you warmth. It brings you comfort. It makes things easy. So when you have, when you, God gives you a gift and you stay within, how does that mantle operate? That's how you operate. Does, does it make sense? There are different ways of doing the thing, of doing everything. You want to kill a cat, there are about 10 ways. But the one that is working under that mantle, that's the one that will work for you. Are you here? So for instance, I noticed that you can be in this house and there's a way in which the anointing of the house works. And then you are trying to do it in another way. You discover that it doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work. And the reason is because there's a particular power in the mantle. I don't know how, how better to describe it, but imagine that Elijah, Elisha now said, well, Elijah is gone. Let me try and dig a trench and see whether I can cut across the Jordan with it. He would have remained on the same side of the Jordan ah, to Jesus coming. Because that was not how it worked. It worked in a particular way. So as you use it, you see that it's working in that way. Wow. Are you there? Mm-hmm. The next one. As an oil. Psalm 92 and verse 10. That's the one many of us know. Psalm 92 and verse 10. But my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Fresh oil. And, and, and what does it mean when they say that, you know, I know some of us are just thinking that, oh, they'll pour the oil on you. But when we say somebody is anointed, one of these, the characteristics is that the Holy Spirit works like oil. What does oil do? It makes, if you take two pieces of metal together and you rub them together, you generate heat and probably a disaster. Unless you apply oil and they will rub smoothly. Good. So when the anointing comes, fresh oil, the thing is simple. So when you have oil, whatever you are doing works easier, works better. Amen? Yeah. Some of you don't recognize the oil that is given to you, so you call it your natural gift. Well, I mean, to a point, maybe it's a natural gift, but... (laughs) <laughs> maybe so but when the anointing comes you see the difference so maybe you are a, 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 a good speaker you speak easily so you are interested, interesting to listen to but when the anointing is not there it's different from when the anointing is there are you guessing? Yeah, you, oh, after all there are lecturers who are not anointed but they are good teachers and you look forward to their class Yeah, but if an anointing came even the fruit will be different. The effect will be different. Yeah. Are you understanding so far? And what you are saying is very, very complex. It's complex because that's how it is. How would God's spirit be simple? <laughs> Another thing oil does is to make things tasty. Yes. Yes. The tastiness of meat is from the, is from the fat, the oil. That's why when you compare the meat of the different species of animals, it is the one with more oil in its meat that's tastier. Which one is that? Pork. Yeah. That's why pork tastes better than beef. Yeah. Pork, pork naturally tastes better than beef. It has to do with the inner, not the one that's lying on, under the skin that you can remove, but the, the oil in the meat. Yes, the oil. Are you there? Mm. So when an anointed pianist is playing, it's tastier. It's tastier. Yeah. It's tastier. If an anointed singer is singing, it's tastier. 
if an anointed preacher is preaching, it's tastier. Yeah. It's tastier. You like it. In fact, time passes. <laughs> I remember one time we went to a camp. I think we started at five in the morning. And we were enjoying ourselves. And then somebody said it's five PM. Hey. Like, what are you talking about? When we came in, it was five AM. How can it be five PM? That's the anointing working. Because that's twelve hours. You have talked to the same group of people for 12 hours. And the same group of people, they are engaged with you. We're not like you. We're engaged. <laughs> we were also inside the preaching. So we didn't notice. It's not that somebody told us that they have locked their door and kept us there. No. We were totally shocked. You said it's what? Five? Five? How can it be five? That's the effect of the anointing. Yeah. When give thyself holy comes in August, we can can gather 10,000 people. We are all there 16 hours a day. It is the oil that is causing the preaching and it's enough to make us also tasty enough for us to be there. Nobody is pushing you. Nobody is locked. And people don't understand. They'll talk. Huh? Eh? How can you have a meeting from this? Your head. You know, don't use your head to come and understand what an anointing is doing. When an anointing is working, it's not according to our normal things. Are you in the house or you have traveled? Yeah. Anytime you see a preacher preaching at a camp, you must know that an anointing is working. If you like, come and try. Let's see. I remember one time I asked my young pastors to go and have a camp. To have camps. They had very nice camps, but the next day some couldn't even walk. Said their legs are paining them. I said, oh, but it was, a, it was quite a short camp. Very interesting. So the anointing is obviously beginning to flow. But then you begin to see that it's not according, it's not as you think. Hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. The next one, he appears as water. As water. Hmm. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. Oh, Charlie. I like the Holy Spirit, I tell you. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. And floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed. And my blessing upon thy offspring very nice though. Just like how you are thirsty for water to drink, you can be thirsty for God. Yeah. You can be thirsty for God. In fact, many people who are chasing after other things is because there's a thirst, but they don't know that it's a thirst for God. So you're trying to quench the thirst in all the things you were doing before you came to church and which some of you are still doing. And then... You discover after a while that it hasn't removed that feeling. The thing you were trying to sort out, the thing you were trying to sort, is still not sorted. It's still not solved. Am I talking to you, somebody in the house? Yeah. Hallelujah. And the reason is because the only person who can fill that thirst is God. That's why Jesus told that woman, at the, the, uh, the Samaritan woman, he told him that, look, if you would drink this water, you will not thirst again. He recognized the fact that the fact that she had married and married again and, you know, all this her whole life, you know, it was a thirst. But she didn't know that she was looking for him, that she needed him. And some of us need to see that what you are looking for or what you really need to remove that feeling is God. Hallelujah. Amen. May the Lord make you thirsty because when you are thirsty, it's easy to drink. Yeah. When you are thirsty, very easy to drink. You see, when you come into church and you're not even, your mind is not, eh, they should finish the presentation, let's continue and finish. You see, <laughs> your spirit is not yet alive. Eh. The carnality is too much. Your flesh is too alive. Allow your spirit to begin to, to show up because he did. Your spirit, the part of you, that spirit, is thirsty. Are you there? Have you ever gone to a meeting and then some worship comes and then Charlie, you just melt in the mission. And you realize that, ah, this is what I need. I need, I need this worship. Yeah. 
I need this worship. That's the first. Hallelujah. Are you in the house? Some of you as we are talking, you have no idea what we are talking about. But I pray that God will show it to you. Yeah. I pray he'll show it to you. He'll show you why sometimes you can just stay in the worship like that. Hallelujah. The same water, the Holy Spirit comes down like a rain. Hosea chapter 6 and verse 3. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. And he shall come unto us as the rain. The latter and the former rain unto the earth. Everywhere in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, that reference to rain is a reference to a, a blessing. The rain, you know. And when the rain of the Spirit is working, you just, you just feel the refreshing that he's going forth, is prepared as the morning. He shall come to us as the rain. Hallelujah. Have you ever seen or felt that the relief that comes when it's been very, very dry and the rain comes? And, and it's a special feeling. Yeah, very special. I remember that when I finished school, I was working at the um, University of Ghana farms. And in those days, there had been a very mighty famine. It had lasted a number of years. For about three years, we hadn't had a good harvest. Yeah. Everything was dry. Everything was dry. On the animal farm, we were even beginning to lose animals. They would just collapse from lack of food. There was no grass. I mean, you tried. We really tried, but it was really bad. And the human beings were hungry, the animals were hungry also. But I remember when the rains came back. And I remember it because I had finished the work I was doing in one part of the farm and I'd come to my office. And I sat behind my table and the windows, with these old type windows that opened out and I was looking out onto the field. And as I sat there, the rain that we had been praying for and longing for began to fall. And when the rain fall, fell, everything began to be fresh. Are you there? The whole, I mean, you could feel the heat. Imagine it's not rained for years, for two years, I mean. And then the headsmen went to let the cows out. I have never seen anything like it since, not before or since. As the cows were let out that day, they knew that rain had fallen. And these big cows, huge animals, began to jump like lambs. You know when the lambs are let out, how they jump on things, Charlie? They were jumping around, they were moving, they were, yeah, 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 yeah. What had happened? The blessing of the rain made some blessing from above come upon you where you sit to just cause the heat to come down. The things making you hot, the things making you tired, the things that are difficult, may a soft rain begin to come upon you even now. The rain of the Spirit, let it begin to cool you down. Let it come, you know, the grass had not come yet, but the cows themselves, they could feel hope. Once the rain is coming, there's hope for us. Something is going to change. Tonight, somebody, let hope begin to be stirred in you. My case is not hopeless. There is hope for me because of the rain of the Spirit. And the last form of water that I'm going to talk about is when the Spirit comes like a river. And the Bible says in John 7, 38, He that believeth on me, as the Scriptures has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What does it mean when we say that the spirit is like a river of living water? When the, a river is flowing, if you are standing or trying to swim and you flow with it, it carries you in a certain direction. And there are times when the Lord grips into our life by his spirit and begins to lead us down a certain road. And when you try, as some of you do, to go the opposite way, you discover that it's not working. I say you discover that what? It's not working. Why? Because the river is going in a certain direction. And when you see that the river of the Lord is moving you in a certain direction, it's time for you to flow with it. 
Maybe you had been thinking to yourself that, oh, as soon as I finish school media, I'm going to approach any parts. You know, that it's a logical thought. Why not? It's a logical way of thinking. But then sometimes you even begin the process and as you are beginning the process, everything else is going in another direction. Another direction. Are you in the house? If you are wise, you flow in that direction. And when I tell this story, I'm reminded of a story that I heard from one of our senior missionaries. He had been sent at that time to the city of Lagos. And he was... <laughs> he and his brother, he and he and his pastor, they had gone out. They were sharing the gospel, trying to get the church to grow. And he said they met a guy and they shared the gospel with him. And the guy said, you've got to share this with my brother also. So they started to follow the guy. And they went with the guy. Uh, before they were aware, they were in some slumby. He said they walked in. Then he turned to his friend and said, hey, we can easily die here. Nobody even knows where we are. But they were in it already. So they walked to the house with the guy. Then the guy said, wait here. They sat down waiting. He said they waited for a while, thinking about themselves. We can't even run away because we don't know where to pass. <laughs> Two Ghanaian pastors. <laughs> so he said they sat there. And then the guy went and called his brother. And when they preached to the brother, the brother also received Christ. Uh, Pastor Prezen, he said he was not sure that <laughs> were they serious or not. He wasn't sure. So he just directed them to church for Sunday. He said, I'm not coming to pick them. He said to himself, that nothing bring me back here. So he directed them on Sunday to the church. On Sunday, lo and behold, their brothers came. And they arrived in the church. They were happy. They became part of the church. And after a couple of meetings, they came to meet the pastor and said, well, pastor, the thing is that we are from a family of, I've forgotten how many brothers, and we are trying to go. The others have gone. We are also trying to go. So he prayed with them. And then they went and put in their applications and all that. Then he said, when the applications went through us, one went and got it, the other didn't get. And he said, hey, what trouble is this? Lord, what trouble is this? But he prayed and he said, as he prayed, he just felt that, he spoke to the guy, he said, you know something, it is true. Everybody has gone. And it hasn't worked for you. But I think God is saying that. He has another plan for you. Make up your mind to be here. It's okay. Pastor, that's what you say. Okay. Okay. So the guy actually stopped all his. I mean, he, the thing they had bounced him. When they bounce, you don't immediately go apply. They'll bounce you again. So. <laughs> but the guy settled down. He said, when the pastor, in those days, the pastor is why they used to do the weedy of the compound and set up for Sunday. When he arrived the next day, the guy was there the next Sunday. When he was telling us the story, it was at least 10 or 12 years from the, you know, episode. He said the guy has become a fantastically wealthy guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his river was in another direction. But some of you, when the God has not allowed the visa to go through, and he's showing you that it's another direction, you insist that since everybody has gone, <laughs> and God, eh, when you force, uh, sometimes he'll leave it for you. You go there, you see that everybody's doing okay, you alone. Or you have not heard such stories. This, your brother is this, this one has got this, this one has got you, dear, unless you are dishwashing, throwing away rubbish, scrubbing toilet, yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing seems to work for you. From today, I want you to understand that in front of God, you are a person, a whole person. Your plan, his plan for you is different from the plan from somebody. And it is up to us to begin to understand what direction is the river. Where are you carrying us? When you see that that's the river, you go with it. You just go with it. Are you in the house? Just follow. Because to go in the opposite direction, it will not work. My prayer for you is that you will be in the flow of the river in the right direction. 
And when you are in the right direction, one of the signs of being in the right direction is that nothing is difficult. When you are, you are swimming against the flow, huh, you will be swimming with all your might and not going anywhere. But when you are going in the direction of the flow, you are not even really swimming. It's just, yeah, it's just moving you along and you are getting there. You are getting there. I want to tell your neighbor, we are getting there. We are getting somewhere. We are in the flow of the river and we are getting somewhere. May the Lord show you by his spirit. May you just flow in that river and may the river take you to the place that God has for you. May you always be glad that you went in the direction that the spirit of God was moving you. May God give you the wisdom and the discernment to see that it is the Lord who is driving you that way and that is a spirit that is taking you that way and may you never regret it because that flow of the river is what we need stand to your feet tonight stand to your feet tonight hallelujah and tonight you just want to thank the lord for his spirit and just start to talk to the lord tonight and say holy spirit i need to know more about you i've just touched on the surface of each one each one is a whole three days talking but you want to say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you, oh God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for this time of learning about you. I pray for another opportunity that will learn more about you. Thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for being good to us. Hold on for me. Just talk to the Lord for a few minutes. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Oh, Lord. For the rest of this semester, may we swim in that river. May we swim in that river. Even as we're going towards that our mid may we swim in that river. When you are showing us something that we need to know, may we just swim in that river. Refresh us by your spirit. Let us feel that refreshing in the name of Jesus. Oh, we give you praise, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. Thank you for your grace and mercy. You are the love of my life. You are the hope that I cling to. You need more than this world to me. I wouldn't trade you for silver as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, you are here, you are just longing to follow on and get to know the Holy Spirit. But 
you need to know Jesus first. You are here, you've not given your life to Jesus. You need to give your life to Jesus before he will trust his spirit to you. And so while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you want to give your life to Jesus, lift up your right hand. Just lift it up. Just lift up your right hand. Just lift up your right hand. You want to give your life to Jesus. I want to pray with you. I can't see everywhere around the room, so just come towards me if your hand is lifted up. I want to pray with you. Because before you can know his spirit, you must know the Lord of the spirit. Just come to me tonight. Just come. That you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at FOLCIDS. God richly bless you.